Turn with me to Psalm 72. I'd like to remind ourselves of some things we've been taught in the past. I speak primarily to men because by virtue of our gender, we are created and appointed to be leaders. And not only to manage our own lives and behave our own selves as Christians, but also to influence others. That's right. If you don't hold any office in the church or uh, any civil office, or if you're not a manager in your job, you're still a leader if you have a family. Amen. And because of your gender, the Lord has ordained you and appointed you to that position. Right. And part of our duties as Christians is to execute that office in a way that pleases God. And yes. he's instructed us how to do this. Psalm 72 is literally uh, David's prayer and blessing on Solomon, who is to ascend to the throne upon David's death. Uh, Also, being a messianic psalm, it refers to Christ prophetically. This is also quite likely David's last psalm that he wrote in his life uh, because of the last verse, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And the the two previous to that are, I take it as a grand finale to the Psalms that David wrote. Follow with me as I read Psalm 72. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the Isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be an handful of corn in the earth, Upon the top of the mountains, 
the fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Amen. I'll refer to a men's meeting from June of 2011 in which we were taught as men seven characteristics of leaders that are necessary. We're also taught three other ones that I see here in this psalm. Let me briefly list those for you. We were taught that leaders are primarily exemplary, wise, decisive, dependable, merciful, communicative, and serving. The three that I see taught clearly in Psalm 72 are, one, personal righteousness, two, a defender of those under his authority, and three, a nourisher of those under his authority. Personal righteousness overlaps a bit with being exemplary. Exemplary is extremely important, as we've been taught. Have have you heard a parent jest in this manner about their parenting? Do as I say, not as I do. That's that's pathetic. And we're called to a much higher standard than that. We're... We should be able to say, do as I say, and do as I do. Some examples. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. From Proverbs. It was said of Abraham, the Lord said of Abraham, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. What's the definition of a leader? If we're running in a race, which we are as Christians, what's the leader in that case? It's the one that's winning the race. It's the one in first place. This is what we're called to be. If we're the leader of our family, that means we're in first place. We're winning the race. Dividing up this psalm, the first several verses list the conditions of what David wished for Solomon to fulfill. And then uh, in the last few verses, in the following few verses, we have a list of blessings that come on the man that fulfills those conditions. Verses 2 and 3, judging with righteousness and enforcing peace by righteousness. The mountains bringing peace to the little hills, which represent the leader being the mountain and the little hills being the people and the leader bringing peace. Verse 4, saving the needy and breaking in pieces the oppressor, defending those from unfair treatment under their authority. More conditions are found in verses 12 through 14. We find the leader delivering, sparing, even saving souls, redeeming souls, and precious is their blood in his sight. Back to verse 
6. The leader is like rain upon the mown grass. He's nourishing. Yes. In verse 7, the righteous flourish under this leader. That means they grow up and they blossom as flowers in the springtime because of the nourishment that this leader provides for them. Moving on to the blessings, in verse 8, we have dominion from sea to sea. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have power struggles. His dominion is established. Verse 9, dwellers in the wilderness are bowing and enemies are licking the dust. Verse 10, even foreign dignitaries are bringing presents. Verse 11, there's universal rulership, all kings. Of course, this is perfectly fulfilled in Jesus Christ who reigns from sea to sea. Some other blessings, long life and affection from the subjects. Verses 15 and 17, there's life, he lives, prayer will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. He's having the affection of those that are under his authority. In verse 17, his name is enduring forever, and all nations are blessed through him. Here's some, a couple of good examples of leaders. Moses. He had the most stiff-necked and rebellious people to lead, but they still followed him. He was still able to lead them because he was righteous. He even defended them before the Lord. He defended them not from an oppressor, but from God's righteous judgment on them. David. His first 400 men that followed him had this description. They were those that were in distress, in debt, and discontented. But they followed David. They weren't convicted about being perfectly righteous in their submission to authority. David won that by his conduct as a leader. Now what would a stony ground here on this subject do in the opposition that David and Moses suffered from their subjects. He would fall away and quit. Or a thorny here would get caught up in too many distractions and his time crammed with too many things that do not contribute to the necessary performances in life. Here's some questions for us to answer. Am I like Jesus Christ and the way I lead my family? Do I defend them from oppression? Or am I the main source of oppression to them? Do I encourage, build up, and make them live? Does my goodness to them make them want to follow me as the goodness of God leads us to repentance? Am I like rainfall on the mown grass to them, or more like the lawnmower? Am I just cutting them down to size, or am I nourishing them to grow up? Am I like sunshine to flowers? Am I a bright spot to my family? This is reminiscent also. Let me mention this real quickly. David's last words. These were his last words. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth. Even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth, by clear shining after rain. Is this the way you are to those under you? Or are you storm clouds to them? One final question. 
Does my leadership give my family an accurate picture of God's nature or a distorted view of God? Do they come to know God more accurately by having me as an example? Or are some of his features distorted or exaggerated or completely contrary to God's nature? Remember, every man is appointed to be a leader to their family. The leader is the one winning the race. Would you like to bear 30, 60, or 100-fold in your duties as a leader to your family? We'll give an account for the return on the talents that we've received. Let's hear well. Amen. Amen. Amen.